somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, our news day today is going to be so packed, it's going to be impossible to cover it all. But we're going to do our best to cover as much of a percentage of it as we possibly can. So the rundown of the stories that we're going to try to cover today, um, we're just going to gloss over them. But, you know, of course, there was many committee hearings yesterday, and uh, we're going to talk about them today. Uh, we got Randy Weingartner. Uh, we got an exchange with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who uh, uh, really lamb-blasted Randy Weingartner, a real fruitcake, a real nut job. Randy Weingartner heads up the American Teachers Federation. She's one of the powerful teachers unions. She's a great liar. That's number one. But she's uh, basically attacking people who oppose CRT, critical race theory, in our schools. And she's just a a person that misspends and misappropriates funds. Her The performance of our students across the board have fallen. Um, their, their levels have fallen as a result of the COVID lockdowns that they – uh, they stood for and they pushed um, the uh, doctoring of and the manipulation of uh, documents uh, coming out of the CDC. When you compare our performance with any other nation, uh, we fall to the bottom of the list. That's number one. Number two, when you compare what we spend per student, $25,000 per student, uh, in New York, it, it's incredible that we're doing so poorly. If only we could actually have, you know, this type of thing where the, the money follows the student voucher systems and things like that, uh, we would be so much better off if there was any level of competition whatsoever. Competition. What a great idea, right? It only makes things sharper and better. Steel sharpens steel. You know, it's the chief comp- competition that makes us all stronger and better, makes us more innovative. 
That's why China constantly had to basically do um, intellectual property theft because we were more advanced in terms of research and development and our education systems, but not any longer. But that's what the whole G7 BRICS thing is about. It's about the idea that G7 is going to continue to be overeducated, do research and development, and think of new innovative ways to do things, get patents. And then they're going to ship everything over to the BRICS nations like China and India, and they're going to manufacture them. And then they're going to send the parts back and we're going to go ahead and make all the fine products or not even make them anymore. But to basically just uh, innovate. And so we're going to be the white collar smart people that's overpaid And then there's going to be a lot of slave labor in Africa, in the continent of Africa, in the Middle East, in China, in India. And that's just the way it's going to be. That's what the new world order has in store for the future. The new world order is all about consumption and slave labor. And it's about dividing it and it's about streamlining it. It's about that Belt and Road Initiative. It's about that Paris Accord. It's about get, getting everybody into compliance. And if you step out of line, you're going to be smacked over the head with a hammer. Or your money is going to be taken out of your digital currency account. Or you're going to be uh, limited as to what kind of energy you can consume. Or you're going to be told what food to eat. Either way, it's, I'd rather, I think I'd almost rather take the hammer, you know? But we got E. Jean Carroll. She gave testimony yesterday. We got Tucker Carlson. His video came out, his first statement. We got this woman named Tara Lee Rodas. So she's basically a whistleblower. And she's talking about everything I've been talking about for the last couple of years, which is open borders, is about slave labor paid for and driven by the corporations that want to profit. And... It gets me back to when Paul, when Donald Trump took office in 2016 and Paul Ryan came out with this stupid pamphlet, uh, a better, better way forward or something like that, better, better tomorrow or something like some stupid brochure. And the wall was part of it. And he used to say, and there's video footage of Paul Ryan saying this, you know, we would get the wall in a two, two seconds if we could just get the, the right personnel in the White House. Well, they got the right personnel in the White House. They got Donald Trump, who wanted to build the wall better than anybody. And guess what? Paul Ryan found every excuse not to build it. And then he resigned. He quit. The quitter. The guy who lied about his marathon scores at times was a quitter and a liar and a globalist. Speaks for Tenio, uh, which is a globalist PR firm. I mean, the guy is a global uber globalist. And so, you know, when you think about what's going on at Fox News, they've lost well over a million viewers. That was just on night one. I think that they're going to lose at least two million viewers, Fox News. And I had a Fox Nation account. I'm canceling it. Tucker had the best programs on the Fox Nation anyway. But um, that whole thing is a very interesting story because there's also this uh, woman, Abby... Uh, Gooding, 
And she turns out she was a liar, just like E. Jean Carroll was a liar, just like Jussie Smollett was a liar. And you wonder why Fox News isn't fighting for themselves or fighting for their personnel or fighting for what's right. And that's because the Murdochs are in bed with the Black Rocks and basically you got the Murdoch family knee-deep in globalism and they answer to their shareholders, they answer to their financiers and their financiers are companies like BlackRock who own over 15% of Fox News. And you say, well, this couldn't possibly be a good thing for Fox News that they lose 2 million viewers. BlackRock doesn't care about the money they lose. Otherwise, they'd be worried about the looting that's going on in every store from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They're not worried about the money that's lost. They're going to get that money down the road anyway. What they're trying to do is lock up their global monopoly. They're trying to lock up their global monopoly, and that's their future. And they're going to control the, the digital currency if they play their cards right. They're going to control the food you eat. They're going to control your energy. They're going to control World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization. They're going to control Pfizer. They're going to be in on every single gimmick and hoax down the pipe. Down the pike. They're going to, they're going to be in control. They already are. Now, they are losing. And their future hangs in the balance. And there's a lot that we can do to fight back. Because this is the year when the housing housing market starts to deteriorate. And next year, because it's been delayed, and the reason why the whole housing crisis has been delayed is because of the uh, enormous amount of stimulus spending that the Biden administration had been doing, these anti-inflationary things and all this. It's made the Federal Reserve's job very difficult. And there's going to be a lot of uh, banks that are going to collapse under this pressure. You know, Klaus, uh, Charles Schwab, Klaus Schwab, Charles Schwab is is poised and ready to fall. And I think it's going to be a series of dominoes. And it's going to, I think that the collapse and the depression, the likes to which we've never seen, something that Trump, Trump predicted with the Biden administration, is inevitably going to happen. And I think it's going to happen before the 2024 election. I don't see how we could sustain and buy, you know, buy it, kick that can. You know, it happened to Joe, it happened to, um, that same thing happened to uh, uh, George W. Bush. George W. Bush knew that he was riding his economy on a inflated housing market. Just like Bill Clinton was riding his presidency and his economic successes on the internet bubble. See, everybody had a bubble. Clinton's in the 90s had the, uh, from 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. I was there. I was running, uh, I was a pioneer in the internet. I was running a website hosting company, a very successful one. And um, oh, we're not going to take calls right this second, uh, but maybe maybe later in the show. Um, all right, so uh, there's a bubble. And... Then when the bubble burst in 2000, it didn't even burst yet, really. The bubble bursted in like 2002. 
But um, but the, the bubble was bursting, and Clinton handed off uh, Bill Clinton handed off the economy in a recession to George W. Bush in two thousand. So I mean, he he took a, a huge bubble and spoiled that. Not very good business uh, person, but you know when you're given money hand over fist. And you're paid $750,000 a speech. How could you look stupid? You know, it's that kind of thing. It's all this money laundering going on. But George W. Bush took over, and for his eight years, he was doing stuff with Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and all this stuff. And then we had the housing crisis. He was trying to push that can down the road into the uh, past the next election and put it on somebody else's, put the blame on somebody else's shoulders. And there are ways to delay these things by stimulus spending and all this. But it happened just before the Obama-McCain election in 2008. And Obama really became president as a result. That was one of the big things that uh, Obama was able to exploit, the housing bubble. So in any case, uh, here we are. Biden's going to try to kick this can down the road past the 2024 election. You watch. And we'll see what he does. It's going to be crazy. I said this about the Democrats. I said the number of Democrat voters in America has the appearance in academia, news media, the Hollywood, you know, the movies we watch and everything. That is as inflated as what Netflix and commercials would seem to have you believe uh, is representative of trans and LGBTQ. I mean, you can't turn on a Netflix series today without some some homo or some tranny uh, being in some scene, you know. And that's just not normal. That's not that's not normal. And and you know, I I felt uh, inter- I was watching some of the committee hearings yesterday, and Marjorie Taylor Greene said, you know, um, Amy we- uh, or Randy Weingartner, uh, here's what. Here's what you had. And she did this thing where she took a tick, tick, tick up. Like one out of every five people is in the uh, that's in college today considers themselves gay. One out of every five. That is a jump like a monumental leap, which goes to show you that all this this psyop engineering that's coming out of our media is impacting future generations of Americans. They're going to all grow up, yes, at some point. They're going to grow up, just like the hippies did, and became fiscally conservative. But right now, what's happening is this whole psyop engineering of telling you that the sky is purple, left is right, black is white. People, weak-minded people are buying into this and believing it. This whole thing about trans and and all these different things that are attacks on our traditional values, our Judeo-Christian values, uh, the government is more important than God is what they're trying to suggest. Um, all of these things are so um, engineered. And people, weak-minded people, are believing it. But I don't think there are nearly as many Democrats as we, th- we, we would be told to, think, to believe. I don't think our country is 50-50. I don't even think we're close. I think that the conservatives are well-dominated, dominating 
the, the sphere. Just look at the numbers associated with Tucker's departure. And that should tell you everything you want to know about the fabric of our nation. Now, a lot of people just, you know, choose not to fight because there's, they know that they're not, their efforts are not going to make a difference. But just like Netflix tries to get you to believe that every single family has a homo in it or a tranny, just like that, we are to believe that there are more Democrats because all the mainstream media only hires within itself Democrats. They don't want to have a debate. And frankly, that's a fact. The Democrat Party just set the rules for the Democrat primary now that Robert Kennedy Jr. has entered the, the equation. And they don't want someone like Joe Biden, who can't speak straight, debating a guy like Robert Kennedy Jr. Because Robert Kennedy Jr. would eat Joe Biden's lunch. Okay? So they're not even going to have a debate. Just like in Arizona, they didn't have a debate. Katie Hobbs said no debates against Kerry Lake. None. So, you know, it's it's crazy. Joe Biden yesterday was caught red-handed. Um, red-handed, taking it. He had a press conference. And they shot a film. Uh, they took a photograph of him holding a piece of paper from a Los Angeles Times reporter. Question number one. Ask, the, ask this person, LA Times. Question number one. He already had the question written out. He was told where to stand, told what to say, told what to do. Then there's a note that said, you have something on your chin. I mean, the guy is completely a zombie. And the VP... Kamala Harris is no better. So we're going to get to this show. By the way, incidentally, Jacinda Ardern, the woman that ran New Zealand into the ground and that locked people up for not being vaccinated or not wearing their masks, shot them in the face with bullets. Yeah, that G7 globalist, that Klaus Schwab wannabe. Well, she's now going to head up Harvard's AI division. She's going to be a professor at Harvard pushing artificial intelligence. Now, what could go wrong there? She's as radically libtarded as you could possibly imagine. She's that, you know, buck-toothed, skinny woman that ran New Zealand into the ground. Remember that person? Jacinda Ardern? Well, yeah, she's got now running up artificial intelligence at Harvard. Meanwhile, there's another Harvard story where the professor that headed up biophysics has uh, been uh, was arrested and uh, fined $83,000. And uh, we're going to play some clips that are going to shine a light on that as well. So they even had an ATF uh, uh, committee hearing yesterday. They, they had the USAID Samantha Power uh, hearing yesterday. Uh, where uh, uh, Rand Paul, let her have it, Samantha Power, she's stonewalling and hiding all of the COVID investments that they've been making because they're bioweapons. And USAID is just a money front for the CIA, which is a militant front for the U.S. State Department. The U.S. State Department, supposed to be diplomatic? No, 
they are basically just meddling in everybody else's business to the point where they have some muscle, that's CIA, you know, basically to kill people and spy on people and listen to your phone calls and overthrow governments. And they're the militant arm. They're the carrot. They're the stick to the carrot. What's the carrot arm? The carrot arm of the State Department is the USAID. They pay people to play. They pay to play. And if you don't play, then the CIA will come in and knock your head off, shoot you in the head, kill your family. So this is what the State Department has become. A very radical, liberal, left-wing, good-for-nothing institution. And that's where they are right now. So yeah, the the Demo- the same thing they're doing, making you think that the LGBTQ and trans is a bigger population in America than you would ever otherwise think. They're doing the same doggone thing with the uh, Democrats. There aren't as many Democrats as they would like you to think there are, but you have to believe it because how are they going to rig elections and make you believe that? And if you question that, they'll lock you up. And if you question that, they'll take you off the air. Like they did Tucker Carlson. You ever stop and think that the reason Dominion and Smartmatic companies, you know, because a lot of people are talking about Dominion getting the $780 million in settlement. Do you ever think that maybe the reason why the company, Fox News, that's owned, that, that's owned and operated by BlackRock and the Murdochs, the globalists. Do you ever stop to, to wonder why they called Arizona early or Nevada or called Virginia early in the 2020 election? Do you ever stop to think of how they meddled in that election? Do you ever stop to think that maybe, now listen up, folks, listen up, because this is good. You've heard it here first, and you've not heard it from anybody else. I guarantee it. You're going to hear something right now. I think that Dominion and Smartmatic are in lawsuits with Fox News so that the oversight committees in Congress can't get access to their records and question them because it's under investigation. Think about it. So that's what's going on there. I said, ever stop and think that the reason Dominion and Smartmatic companies with deep Soros connections... And they are. I mean, Soros owns the patents on these things. He bought into Smartmatic 20 years ago. And he bought it, sold it, bought up another company. He's basically buying up the blueprints and patents and the copyrights and the trademarks. So ever stop and think that the reason Dominion and Smartmatic companies with deep Soros connections is suing Fox News, a globalist organization owned by BlackRock, 15%, And the Murdochs. And are in it for the long haul so that they can seal their documents from congressional oversight. That's how they're doing it. You can't question them because they're in court. They're litigating a case. And this is what they're doing. They're sealing it, whether it's classified on one thing, whether it's COVID, classified, you can't have this document, you can't have that one. 
They're, they're just covering it all up. So New York Times comes out with an article. It says five times they're trying to turn the, uh, the MAGA against Tucker. Okay. And they said, New York Times says five times Tucker Carlson privately reviled Trump. I hate him, they said. So uh, they said that Tucker said. And I said, I'll take Tucker Carlson's kind of hate over Paul Ryan's love for Trump any day of the week. Tucker's expose of J6, Big Pharma, corporate media selling out, open borders, slave labor, censorship, civil rights violations, and election fraud against Trump were worth it. Not only that, he actually shined a huge light on the Kennedy assassination, if you recall. So there you go. I'll take that kind of hate over Paul Ryan's kind of love any day of the week. Who are they kidding? This is not checkers. This is chess. So here we got uh, Tucker Carlson in his first speech since he's at departure. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. See you soon. I wonder, though, if uh, Tucker decides to run for office. I mean... You know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, here's the here's the crazy thing is that the woman suing him, this woman, uh, her name is Abby Grossberg on working with Tucker Carlson. So now here's a, here's a case where Ray Epps wants to sue, you know, Ray Epps as uh, his own daughter 
is calling him a pedophile, right? It's, uh, it's unbelievable uh, that, that, that that's that's the case. I, that's a shocker to me. I mean, think about it, though. Ray Epps, Mr. Gung-Ho MAGA guy, right, with the Trump hat on, rallying people. We're going to go into the Capitol, he says, right? And then next thing you know, he's afraid to go on Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson ruined his life? For what? Tucker Carlson asked the guy to come on and could have won Tucker Carlson over with his truth. But he's a pack of lies, this Ray Epps guy. He's a, he's just a loser. And he was instrumental in this whole thing. And why is it then he goes on to the radically left-wing 60 Minutes? It's sort of like Jesse Smollett, right? Has a hoax, wants to share it with the world. He goes on MSNBC or somewhere like that, right? We all know what's going on. We have eyes. We can see it. This guy doesn't want to, he's not, he's not proud of what he has to say, and he knows scrutiny is going to do him in. He gets one crazy question. He's not going to be able to answer it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, why is it that the FBI has not pursued this guy, right? And yet all these other people are rotting in jail. It's a, it's a horrendous travesty. Why the Hague is not bringing up uh, this kind of cr- cr- uh, crimes of humanity is beyond me. But it's two standards of justice around the world because the world is radically left. The reason why is because free-loving conservatives around the world don't have an agenda. They just want to live their lives in freedom and liberty. They want the government to stay out of their business. Just leave me alone. But at some point, you know, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be bloodshed. And the the power elite is not going to win this because there's power in numbers. And I would say, like I said in the open of this show, there are a lot more conservatives than there are Democrats in America. It may not look like that in the polls and in the media and... But that's all because it's rigged. Just like Netflix wants you to think that LGBTQ and trannies represent a bigger part of the pie in America than they actually are. They're a fraction of 1%. Homosexuals represented, I don't know, 4% uh, of the population and the trannies represented less than 1%. And yet they want you to think that it's almost like one out of every three people or something. You know, you turn on Netflix and every family has one, some freakazoid or mentally ill person. But that's that's uh, that's not reality. They could say it all they want. Just like we know that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. We know that there may have been 81 million ballots, but not 81 million voters. And that's the problem with the signature verification case that I actually had a conversation, uh, a, a, a text exchange with Carrie Lake yesterday. She was extraordinarily responsive to me. I sent her a note about signature verification and um, some of the stuff that would be coming up and um, in the near future. And she put me in touch with uh, a person that I'm going to uh, write to, a guy named Ross. Um, but basically, um, she said, we're waiting to get an update, uh, to get a date on the signature verification part. It's on hold while the other issue works through the or Arizona Supreme Court. 
That's the issue regarding the 35,000 ballots that appeared days after the election. The Arizona Supreme Court threatened sanctions on that, our legal team, and um, responded telling them they are wrong and explaining why and asking for it to be taken back up. So that is the slight detour, and the lower court is not giving us a court date until that is resolved. Okay, so that's sort of what's happening right now. That was that was a text that she sent to me yesterday. Uh, couldn't have been nicer. Um, so let's take a listen to Abby Grossberg, though. Okay, because all these Democrats, like E.G. and Carol, we're going to play a clip from Law & Order Special Victims Unit, right, where she stole the special victims unit narrative and used it to accuse Trump. And she doesn't even know, E. Jean Carroll doesn't, it was on in court yesterday testifying to this. She doesn't even know the day to which this was supposed to take place. So that like Trump can't even say what, if he has an alibi or not, because they don't even know the day. So he can't even say where he was that day. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Why a court would even take this case and why it's even in the media is beyond me. But here's Abby Grossberg first. We have a lot of clips, so we're going to start with this one. Uh, Abby Grossberg on working for Tucker Carlson. Okay, Because there's a punchline at the end of this that you, you definitely want to pay attention to. Check this out. This is Abby Grossberg basically saying she was a victim. She was subjugated. They didn't treat her with a lot of respect. They treated her like a, like a, 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 a submit, you know, some. Some, some unimportant producer or something like that. And here it is. Tucker, it was different. And as a text that came out revealed my suspicions, um, he was looking for ratings bait purely uh, and was also looking for power. It was a combination of ratings and power and manipulating the audience um, and manipulating also the political system. There was an aspect of I can pick who the House Speaker is. I can pick who the president of the United States is or who the Republican candidate's going to be. And I thought that was really dangerous and didn't want that kind of power. I didn't want to have um, Senate candidates calling me and being very upset. Are you going to destroy our whole campaign tonight? Because he could do that. And he would call and tell them that, that if you don't per- participate or you don't come on the show, we will destroy you. And I was told to tell that to congressmen sometimes. And I didn't. How can I? That was disrespectful. So in addition to the misogyny and the sexism and the anti-Semitism, there was also just this sort of moral growth with me where I reached a breaking point because of all of those things. And I literally did not want to do it anymore. It felt disgusting. I stopped watching news when I came home. I didn't watch anything. I just didn't want to because I was so depressed and disillusioned by the entire media system because of Tucker Carlson. So that's uh, Abby Grossberg, obviously a liberal. Uh, Grossberg's lawsuit against uh, alleges male producers <clears throat> used um, Tucker used. Uh, uh, I can't read the word, but it says a hostile work environment. Okay. All right. So uh, that's what she said, right? On MSNBC, MSNBC would air such a thing, right? And here it says a source who is, for, for, who is a former Fox News employee 
says that Abby Grossberg, the same woman you just heard, never once, never once met Tucker Carlson during her time as his booker. She worked out the Fox New York. She worked out of the Fox New York City office, while Tucker, a New York City liberal, while Tucker spent all of his time in his home studios in Maine and Florida, and that's where he was yesterday when he gave an interview to the Daily Mail, and he was driving around with his wife and kids in a golf cart, uh, having a good old time. That mysteriously goes unmentioned in this. You know, it was obvious that when any time you saw Tucker at a table, he was in New York or in D.C. But any time you saw just Tucker Carlson with just a square box around him, he was in his home studio in Maine, where he lives, and Florida. The mysteriously that mysteriously goes unmentioned in this New York Times story. So. The New York Times story says, in a lawsuit, Tucker Carlson is accused of promoting a hostile work environment. Tucker Carlson, there was an aspect of, of I can pick who I who the speaker is, blah, 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 just the things you just heard, right? So crazy, crazy. And here, confirmed, ex-Tucker Carlson producer suing Tucker Carlson has never met Tucker Carlson, never met him. She's never met the dude. Lawyers for Abby Grossberg confirmed to the spectator that the former Fox News producer never actually met Tucker Carlson in person. Ever. She doesn't know him. Tucker doesn't even know her. The same is true with E. Jean Carroll. So I said this, though. I said Fox News has lost well over a million viewers overnight. BlackRock, who owns over 15%, of Fox News doesn't care as much about short-term financial losses over Tucker's departure as much as they do about controlling the narrative that ensures their global monopoly. They see Tucker as a cost of doing business. I agree with that. Well, I wrote that. All right, so exclusive appetizers plus entree. Looks like Tucker Carlson doesn't give two fucks about his ouster from network, gleefully telling DailyMail.com his future plans while tooling off to a romantic date with his wife, Susan. And uh, so, you know, he's having a good old time right now. He could do anything he wants. Uh, OAN has offered him $25 million. Uh, uh, Another network, I think Newsmax, uh, wants to meet with him and offered him something. I don't trust Newsmax as far as I could throw them. One American News doesn't seem to have uh, the leverage, um, but they certainly want to pay Tucker a lot of money. Tucker could run for office. There's a truckload of things that Tucker could do. I would like to see um, an easier path to getting on some of these um, carriers. YouTube TV, Comcast, need to be more open and permissive to the news channels that they allow on their systems. So E. Jean Carroll, check this out. So she's accusing Donald Trump of uh, rape, right? But check this out. This is exactly her story right here. This is from Law & Order. It's not her fantasy. It was mine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ah. 
Role play took place in uh, the dressing room of Bergdorf's. Uh, while she was trying on lingerie, I would burst in. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which, the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think most people rape. think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more <laughs> on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> She's a fruitcake, man. Yeah, this is the woman suing Donald Trump. They can't get anything better than that. Liberal Hollywood actor perfectly exposes why Tucker Carlson was really fired. Let's take a listen to this. It also shows that the media is obsessed with itself. It's in a sort of narcissistic spiral reporting on its own perspectives, its own heroes and its own villains. What is the mainstream media supposed to be for? Just for a moment, remind yourself that it's actually about giving you information about important stuff like how the government are governing, about how corporations are behaving, the information that you need to live your life efficiently and effectively so you're informed politically. It doesn't do that. You know it doesn't do that. You know that the mainstream media is owned by certain corporate interests. You know that it gets all of its revenue from like the pharmaceutical industry. You know that they're tied up with the military industrial complex. And you know that they support the state with only partisan distinctions between this party or that party defining their output. They do not serve in your awakening. They do not serve your empowerment. Where Tucker Carlson goes next will inform us a great deal about our political landscape. If he joins an independent news organisation, that's going to be fascinating. It will demonstrate where the power is moving and it will show us why authoritarian centralised systems of power are doubling down on trying to censor, control, surveil, prohibit, smear, destroy any alternative voices because they recognise that now we can all communicate instantaneously and challenge any narratives that they put forward. That's why they've become ultra-propagandist. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to that point, uh, there is a... Uh, uh, and I see callers calling in, and uh, we just are not taking calls right at this moment because I'm... Uh, under the gun with time. But I want to play this one audio clip. People are starting to rise up and speak up against this type of, uh, you know, the journalists um, that are basically, uh, you know, covering for the deep state and the globalists. So let's take a listen to this. I I just, I'm looking for the one with C. All right, so New York Times is holding a uh, conference, right? And it's a bunch of elitist journalists, libtards, that are basically heading up this panel. And this guy, I've seen this guy before. He's in New York. And this is in New York, New York Times. And this guy speaks up. I mean, this guy was totally courageous. Got pulled out of the place by police. But, um, you know, the same police that won't get the rapists and thugs in the subways, but they'll get this guy. All right, so let's take a listen to this. This is amazing. This guy starts asking these questions like, let's talk about the real questions. 
be more harsh because it's a policy and press hall event. So shouldn't we be talking about the Nord Stream since that's the biggest story of the century? And you guys, you know, I mean, you have the executive editor of the New York Times there who came out with a phony story to try and block Seymour Hirsch. It just, it's just kind of funny how that happened, you know? I mean, did you even acknowledge Seymour Hirsch? All of you are executive editors of papers that broke Pentagon, Me Lai, Watergate. Is this the same papers or not? I mean, is there anything you've gotten right? in the last 20 years or am i mistaken about that i mean it's just kind of funny because iraq wrong syria wrong russiagate really wrong okay i mean the list goes on and on so the last thing you could do to try and actually fix your reputation is acknowledge that through leaks we had to find out that Zelensky was going to bomb Moscow on the anniversary. I mean, if you're so impartial, shouldn't you at least say, right, that Zelensky was going to bring us on the verge of World War III? That seems pretty fair. While Julian Assange rots in prison, all of you got, you know, fat checks because he's in jail for doing your job. And you know what? Tucker Carlson ain't no Seymour Hirsch, but he did something you guys are scared to do. Speak the truth and actually be critical of the war, which is why he was actually fired from Fox, because you are all cowards, every single one of you. None of you have actually had any relevancy. And you know what? The mainstream press is now dying. Nobody's ever going to listen to you again. You have no credibility with the public. The only people who care about what you have to say are elite assholes who have nothing productive to say anymore. And it's dying off. So will you at least say something either about Nord Stream or Ukraine or the fact that Zelensky brought us to the verge of World War III and the only reason we knew about that was through leaks? Well, and it goes on from there, and he gets drug out, and it's just amazing. Um, I mentioned about Jacinda Ardern here. This is just a story for Former this, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern will begin a new role specializing in technology governance at Harvard University. Ms. Ardern announced on Instagram that she's been invited to join the prestigious American University later on in the year. She'll be the first tech governance leadership fellow at Harvard, working with researchers involved in the growth of generative AI systems. <laughs> that should make you feel well warm and fuzzy, right? <laughs> the t- t- she's a totalitarianism uh, person. Uh, another great story. Argentina will pay Chinese imports in yuan, uh, yuan instead of dollars to preserve. Uh, well, it says Argentina wants to spend fewer dollars after a crippling drought slashed its architectural exports. So basically, people are moving to the yuan, and uh, that's another sad, sad state of affairs. Um, all right, so now we got the uh, whistleblowers. Here, this whistleblower that yesterday, this is, uh, this is about um, Tara Lee Rodas. Let's take a listen to this. This is amazing. I want to get your take on this new health and human services whistleblower preparing to tell lawmakers that the United States has become the, quote, middleman in a multi-billion dollar migrant child trafficking operation at the border. She's also going to testify today that children will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants to pay their debts to the smugglers and the traffickers. Senator, you've been to the border. What's going on here? All right. So what I've been saying for the last years 
uh, is that the open borders is financed by corporate greed. Corporations, particularly big corporations that are owned by BlackRock, and they're opening the borders to let slave labor get in, and they're also using it to register these migrants so that they can get a ballot when they send out the mass mailing ballots, right? So if you end mass mailing ballots, then that neutralizes a lot of the impact. But you're going to see this push for mass mailing, regardless of whether it's needed or not, uh, whether it requires a pandemic or not. Uh, if it does, you'll see another pandemic in order to make that happen. Uh, fact, okay? That's just the way it's going to be. As there's no way to stop this mass mailing. The mass mailing was brought out because of COVID. And people were like, okay, right? But really what it was about was a, it was a plan. It was a plan to send all these ballots out so the ballot harvesters could pick them up, fill them out. And that's where the signature verification case in Arizona is going to be so important. But they're using that CBP-1 app to, to digitalize so that you don't even have to do the data entry on that. The person themselves is doing the data entry for you. It's a convenience for the government that's corrupting the elections. So they're getting those people into a database. They're taking the database and doing a mass registrations on those names. And by the way, I see that there's people calling in right now. We're not going to take any calls right now. Um, so I, I do see the calls coming in and I can't take them right now. But um, in any case, uh, they're they're going to they're going to mass register these um, these these people because that and that will only benefit if they get the mass mailing approved. So this is why there's going to be a push for mass mailing because they have to get the they have the registrations from the illegals. They got to get the mass mailing to get the ballots out into the street. Then they get the ballot harvesters to pick up the ballots in the street and then, or, you know, at locations. And then they fill them out. There's not going to be any signature verification worth its weight in salt. I mean, Arizona set that threshold to 10% accuracy. And that's how they're rigging elections. They'll count those ballots after election night is over so that they know exactly how many votes they need to count. They take boxes and they say, give me... Eight skids of those ballots, that's how many we need to win this election. Okay, there you go. They're all Democrat, 100% of them. You're going to see a spike in the middle of the night. You know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So this was the, uh, this was the whistleblower, and uh, let's take a listen to this. This is just truly amazing stuff. Let's take a listen. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Now, whether it's intentional or not, it could be argued 
that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children. As for me, my interest is the safety of the children. I do not view this as a political issue. I view this as a humanitarian issue. I assure you, my motives are the highest and best. I want the children protected. So I want to tell you some of what I witnessed personally at the Pomona Fairplex. I saw vulnerable indigenous children from Guatemala who speak Mayan dialects and cannot speak Spanish. That means they cannot ask for help in English. They cannot help for, ask for help in Spanish. They become captives of their sponsors. I have sat with case managers as they've cried to tell me the horror of what has happened to children as they make the journey to this country. And then there's the vetting process. Sorry about that. Here, let's take a listen to this. My personal capacity as the deputy of the federal case management team vetting, I would like to say I, with Mr. Carey, what he said is they are not an investigative organization, nor are they law enforcement. There was no one. I was shocked and I am stunned that there was no one with law enforcement experience overseeing where children are going. You have people applying for children who we know are members of transnational criminal organizations, yet there's no one with any data analytics background or anything like that overseeing this operation. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible what we're, see, what we're seeing here, but uh, this, is, this is the kind of thing that we're seeing. Um, one other thing that I wanted to... Uh, uh, let's see. Now we're going to be running out of time. So I wanted to cover a couple of uh, other little issues before we um, head out of Dodge. So I mentioned that Joe Biden was getting all of his uh, all of his uh, journalists in a cheat sheet and the questions in advance and told what to say. Um, so it was incredible that they were able to take a photograph. They not only have the, the question, they have the person's name, where they're from. Uh, and then also they have a picture of the person. So this is like, you know, really a dumbed down version of this. Uh, there's so much more we want to cover today. And I knew that we weren't going to be able to get through the, all of it. But uh, maybe maybe I need more show. You know, I need, we need more show time. We'll see what happens. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show. And uh, be sure to check out org. Make a donation if you can to help us advance America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. And also check out Shenyon.com. They're one of our sponsors for this show. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy.